0: I didn't know it until i saw it in their catalog and i saw my business cards in their catalog and thought what on earth
1: hey allen and welcome to episode 117 of the comando voice today i speak with the featured artist of the month for november please welcome sharon soul Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Kameno Voice Podcast, where I interview folks around Kameno Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Kameno Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. Um, hey, I just want to say hi to everyone. Um I feel like I, I just jump into these podcasts, and uh, a lot of times in the intro, I'm just kind of getting through the introducing the new people and then uh, just jumping right into the podcast. Um, so I wanted to kind of start. Um, I don't want to take too much time up because uh, I can talk for a long time, but uh, just kind of talk with you guys, see how you're doing. Um, you know, we're, we're, this is going to be coming out the first week in November, um, which is why it's the Featured Artist of the Month for this month, uh, Sharon Soul. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, what are your guys' holiday plans? Um, do you guys have traditions or, uh, is it just a super stressful time for you guys? Cause then you got to deal with trying to figure out family plans and, and all that stuff or, um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can email me, uh, voice at commando, uh, uh or, uh, you could reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I think it's at the commando voice. Um, and I say I think because I'm not positive. But if you search Commander Voice on Instagram, it should come up. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear uh, what are some of your guys' holiday traditions that you guys have? Uh, what are the things you guys look forward to in November? Uh, now that we're here, so uh, two months left for the till the end of the year. Um, I know for us here at the Marketplace, we just get crazy, uh, super busy, um, but it's fun. It's fun to just see that many people come through and, and to make their day with different little things here and there. Uh, the little different gifts that Christie's found, or or the bakery items that Barry and the team have, have baked up, and so. Um, anyways, I always look forward to this time of year, even though it's crazy. Uh, I just enjoy uh, seeing and talking to all the different people. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So in this episode, we are going. I'm interviewing the featured artist of the month for November, which is Sharon Soul. Uh, And she uses an interesting medium for her art. Actually, the medium itself is not interesting. It's just paper, which, you know, many artists use that. But what she does with it is what's interesting. Uh, She uh, does paper cutting. That is the art style that she uses. Um, She makes patterns. She does all sorts of stuff. So if you check out her Instagram, um, I have that linked in the show notes. Uh, Check out just the stuff she's done in that. Uh, It just blew me away the the detail you can get with scissors, um, and, and how much work and um, how difficult that is to do. So anyways, very cool, very unique. Um, so I got to interview her, how she got started in it, uh, and just where it's taken her, because it's kind of taken her all over the place uh, on all sorts of levels. So anyways, uh, very fun podcast. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Sharon Soul. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Commando Voice. Today, I'm here with the Featured Artist of the Month for November. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Sharon Soul. Thank you. Awesome. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Sharon.
0: Okay, so I am well known for cut paper. So I sort of draw with a pair of scissors, which seems kind of unlikely, not very common. So I think that's the main thing that I'm known for. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: very cool. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Southern California, okay. and my husband and I had a jewelry business, where I designed a lot of jewelry for retail and wholesale.
1: Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, um, uh, so you grew up in Southern California. Then you lived there, like, you got married and
0: lived there, got married. My husband um, left our business and made a leap, and so we moved to Washington.
1: Okay. Yeah. Nice. Cool. How was growing up in Southern California? It was great. Of course it was great. Growing (laughs) up anywhere is great. (laughs)
0: Nice.
1: Um, Do you miss living in California?
0: No. I love the seasons. I think there's something great about everywhere you live. Yeah. Nice. If your glass is half full, it's a great place to live. And if you choose to look at the negative, it's not so hot anywhere, right?
1: Right. Nice. Um, so did you end up going to college in Southern California or?
0: Yeah, I have a degree in marketing and one in gemology. Gemology? Uh, A specific branch of mineralogy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but I decided I really wanted to pursue design more. So I went into the jewelry design field.
1: Okay. So did you do additional schooling for that? I did. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And how did you enjoy that?
0: Of course, it was wonderful. <laughs> what would it be wonderful? Yeah, yes. I loved it. I think I really think that whatever you do, um, there's good and bad, and if you choose to concentrate on the good part, you have a great job, a great life. You love what you do, and if you want to pick it apart, you could.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely feel. Um, I feel like I've always been very optimistic in, in what I've done, the different jobs I've held, and. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess I've, I haven't worked like, I've never worked in like terrible conditions or anything, but there's been jobs that haven't been my favorite and stuff. But when I look back at, during my time there, I n- always felt content being there. I never felt like, Oh, I just want to get out of here. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a, uh, important thing to have a good, a positive outlook on life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how was, as far as jewelry business, like as far as jewelry design and stuff, Um, what did that look like for you?
0: So we had a wholesale business. So Mm -hmm. I designed the items that our salespeople on the road carried. And then we had a retail business and I got, I loved getting involved with customers. Mm -hmm. You think about like jewelry is usually a positive time in somebody's life. Yeah. So yeah, it was great. I loved it. I loved it. There was one time that a woman came in and she said, I'm a simple person and I said, oh, I'm, I'm kind of a simple person, but she said, um, so I just want my engagement ring to be just the diamond. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how, how will we attach that to something to stick to your finger? And she said, I mm-hmm. don't know, but I don't want anything except for the stone. <laughs> 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 it, it, we did not find a solution for her, yeah. <laughs> but everybody else was real happy.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you guys had you said you had a retail location and then you guys also had salespeople like around the us or? yeah we did okay yeah
0: nice that's a great business yeah. and then it, and then it was time to move on and to something different and wonderful too
1: nice yeah. so um, when you guys were doing the jewelry business then when did you kind of decide that it was time to move on
0: it was it was just time it was just We had a family partnership and it had some snags and I, I love my family and it was just better for us not to be partners Yeah. and we're still really close and it was a good, healthy decision for everybody. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, We've, um, I've interviewed, I mean, my, I've been in my, you know, I worked in a family business. Um, I worked with my dad and then, you know, my wife and I eventually purchased the business from him. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're working in a family business and now I work very closely with my brother-in-law and so there's different aspects to a family business than you have in a normal business. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just interviewed, um, Nick from Orchard Nursery, which is a now almost fully passed down second generation business. Um, and he works with his, his wife and her brother and his wife. And so like, it's all that second generation are all running the business now. And, um, yeah, and very similar. They were, when I was talking with Nick, he's just said, you know, you have to look for the positives. Like, yeah, there's, there's difficult days and you have to have difficult decisions and things like that. But in the end you have to like one family's above anything. And then two, it's like, you got to look for the positives.
0: Yeah, it's true. We were third generation in, in our family business and it was great. And then God blessed us with something different to move on to, so yeah, it's all good.
1: Nice. So what did you guys move on to then?
0: So we moved to Whidbey Island. Okay. My husband managed a jewelry store there, and I didn't know what I would do. That part is really interesting in a way. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do, and I I was really lonely. And I finally, I'd always cut paper for years, but I mailed some cut paper to Boston Symphony Hall and they sold it as a fundraiser for the symphony. Okay. And they kept selling it all and calling me and saying, we've sold it. Can you send more? And I thought, oh my goodness. And then one day Saks Fifth Avenue called and my kids were in there, maybe like 12 or 13 years old Mm -hmm. and, um, answered the phone jokingly. And, I was like, oh, I could have died at Saks Fifth (laughs) Avenue calling me, um, wanting to know if I'd like design some product for them. Well, soon after that, I went to Beverly Hills and did a show on Rodeo Drive and then won an award for that. And the news in LA featured an interview with me, which was really fun. (laughs) And then... Yeah, it was just a whole bunch of things like that to where I suddenly um, found myself in New York um, at the Javits Center doing a business-to-business shows that I started designing for a lot of the companies I buy their products. And it it was really interesting to see how you can pivot from one completely Different and unrelated business to another. Yeah. And um, so I ended up, I I guess maybe for about 20 years I've designed product, everything from tableware to greeting cards to fabric, to all sorts of different products. And I have a new line of outdoor garden-related product coming out in January. That'll be really exciting. Nice. So mm-hmm. it's been a really wonderful. For me,
1: yeah, yeah. that's awesome. How, how did you get started in paper cutting?
0: So, you have kids, mm-hmm. you know how these things go. Took the boys on vacation, we went fishing in a rowboat. Yeah, it had a little motor that wasn't very dependable. And my husband and his dad, die hard fishermen, did not want children. Like making noise in the boat, Uh (laughs) like banging on the bottom of the boat is not a good thing when you're fishing. So I was wanting to keep the boys quiet. So I'd packed all kinds Mm. of snacks and games and it lasted a good 20 minutes. Uh (laughs) Oh no, what are we going to do? So I took out my husband's Swiss army knife scissors and I cut up the lunch bags into animals and encourage them to play Noah's Ark and they were not impressed. Can you imagine that? Those things looked absolutely horrible. It was the the most ugly things you could think. Like I tried to make crocodiles and elephants and all sorts of things. It didn't look good, but I had the most fun. So I kept on cutting things out. I went back to work and I'd cut out the lunch bags at work and I cut out phone books. I would cut out old invoices. I just love to cut stuff up just with my mom's old kitchen scissors after that. And yeah, so I just had this secret thing when I would be waiting to pick the kids up or something, I'd cut stuff out or if I was on the phone. Anyway, isn't that funny? I didn't know that anybody else had ever done it, and I was kind of embarrassed about it. If somebody would ask me, I would be like, oh. But then maybe after about 10 years of just cutting stuff out and not showing anybody, I was sitting in the school pickup line, Mm -hmm. and I was cutting stuff out, waiting. And the art teacher walked up to me and said, what are you doing? And I felt so embarrassed was like, oh, I'm cutting something out. And he said, let me look at it. And I just turned bright red. But he looked at it and he said, what do you do when you're finished? And I said, I throw it away. And he said, I think it's time for you to stop throwing it away. I took a look and I thought, holy smokes, I've like been cutting stuff out every day, all the time. And I've, I've improved. Like, <laughs> practice like really does make you improve
1: uh-huh. and I
0: looked at it and that was right before I w- sent my stuff to Boston Symf- Symphony Hall not long after that okay and my um th- who knew I would have a second career like that <laughs> I
1: know that's awesome yeah that's crazy because yeah I mean it's you know it's funny the things that you have and um you know it's the things that if you do something consistently all the time like it, mm-hmm. you just keep getting better and like it's not a lot of times that you keep getting better you don't necessarily realize it as you're doing because it it's so incremental yeah um but uh no that's great and it's it's funny that it was just something that like it was your little pastime that you would do in the in betweens.
0: well I think most artists learn from others mm-hmm. and in a way <clears throat> I've had mentors too especially with calligraphy and but I I think that To some degree, if you teach yourself, Mm -hmm. you become yourself. Yeah. You don't imitate somebody else. So with art, you know, imitating, you can sometimes, it can be great, but you could also turn into somebody that you're just a copy of. Mm -hmm. And I think anybody's a better original than they are a copy. Mm -hmm. So... I I specifically avoid social media for other people that would cut paper, that kind of thing, because I want to stay true to my own artistic yeah. vision. And I, I really believe that the whole earth is just crammed with miracles
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that we are surrounded by beauty and surrounded by... Miracles every day, if you think about it, how does a blade of grass grow?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And think about the way the wind ruffles your hair. Think about, I don't know, just the simplest thing. Right. Like how can your body make a sound? Or, yeah, you know, we're just surrounded by miracles. And I think we are so busy that we often don't see it.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: if we observe and think about it, and be grateful for all those things that surround us. That gives us like ample material on our own. Yeah. Without having to scoop from somebody else.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So my work looks different than other people's, I think. Just because I'm, I'm not looking at a lot of... I don't look at other people that do things like I do. Yeah. So I want my eyes to stay, you know, my own. Yeah. Yeah, like my mom used to say when I was growing up, keep your eyes on your own work. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be looking at your neighbor's paper.
1: Very cool. So over those 10 years there, while you were doing this as just a pastime and stuff, what was, were there certain designs that you would make as you were doing them? Would you just be cutting and then look down and be like, oh, this is what I made? Or as you were doing it, was there any sort of intent as you were kind of cutting through? Always. Okay.
0: Always. I, I think it's really interesting to observe. I've always been pretty observant, but um, there's always things around you, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that fascinates me is people. Yeah. And, um, I oh. guess people's profiles. Okay. And so I started cutting people's faces. <laughs> Okay. Which is kind of funny, but um, I don't know if you've ever had had a book like this, but there are these books that have like pictures of an animal, for example, and it will be cut into thirds and you can flip the pages. So you might have like the head of a donkey and oh, yes. the middle of a monkey and then the tail of a rabbit. Yeah. You know, you flip the animal, so you make kind of funny combinations. Well, I sort of feel like I do that with a profile light, like start at the very bottom of the neck and I'll like go up and then I'll do under chin and then the chin and then the the whole face. Yeah. By by segments sort of. Yeah. So like I've always thought it was interesting the way people's heads are constructed and the way their noses. Did you know your nose grows your whole life long?
1: Yeah. And your ears,
0: your ears too. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's really fun to look at family resemblance in mm-hmm. their profiles or the way the bony structure is different for males than females. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I love to cut out profiles, but I love to cut out florals and botanicals. Okay. All sorts of things. <laughs> and I've been really blessed. Um, I work as artist-in-residence on cruise ships sometimes. Okay. I teach watercolor mostly. And cut passenger portraits frequently okay but um but so like I got to the point where I was in the French Riviera often enough that I knew the bus schedules <laughs> isn't that funny but um it' exposed my you know been exposed to all sorts of classical art and architecture yeah from being in um in Rome and all over Europe and nice Yes. Yeah, so. Been really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So, have you gone back to uh, recut out those animals that you started with?
0: Um, there's a wealthy guy in New York that commissioned me to do some gift wrap for him. Okay. And he wanted a lot of strange animals on there. Okay. <laughs> I did do that for him. Okay. But, you know. Nice.
1: So. Um, when you start, when you're doing these, uh, designs and stuff, um, like, has it just been learned technique as far? Cause like, when I think of like, I, this is very simplistic, but when I think of like cutting stuff out for my kids and stuff, when I see stuff in the middle of the page, I'm like, I don't know how to cut that out without ruining everything. Like, how did you, how do you go about doing all of that stuff?
0: Well, there's multiple aspects to that. Mm-hmm. One thing is if you wanted something out of the middle of the page, You can put your fingers on the back of the paper Mm -hmm. and poke in with the tip of your scissors. Okay. And then wiggle them just a little bit. (laughs) You make a tiny little hole, snip, 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 (laughs) until it gets a longer hole, and then there, there you go. Okay. So you can actually do that. But more challenging is that when you cut paper, you only have positive and negative. Okay. You have no values. You have only positive and negative space. Okay. So you can't convey like dark and light. Mm-hmm. It's only one one value and the other value. Yeah. So there's nothing like when I paint, I have all different colors to pick from and I have all different shades and depths of color. But when it's cut paper, it's just positive and negative. Yeah. So that, that presents a design challenge that's fascinating. Yeah. But the other thing is that it's so easy to, for example, you're cutting um, a parade of children. Let's say it's like a 4th of July parade. You could easily cut somebody's leg off because where the, the, it intersects with the next leg or yes. with the tree, that kind of thing. So you do have to have the whole composition completely in your mind before you start out. Yeah. And I prefer to, sometimes I draw, and especially for my clients, I frequently need to draw thumbnails or sketches for them but i draw with my scissors okay so i i don't i don't really have to map it out it's just mentally yeah mentally mapped
1: out yeah very cool yeah uh (laughs) i've definitely done that for my kids when they hand me something like dad can you cut this out and i'll be cutting and i think i'm doing a good job and all of a sudden i'm like oh no, like yeah, there's a leg bad. on the wrong side. It's,
0: like, it's a bad feeling. <laughs> Happens to everybody. Well, I remember I had a design job one time and the, thankfully I love the art directors. They give you all kinds of positive feedback, you know, mm-hmm. constructive criticism. Once the this one lady goes, it looks like you have three arms on this child. And I was like, <laughs> oh, isn't that funny? I couldn't decide which position I wanted the arm and I just left both pieces of paper on it. We all make mistakes. Yeah. It's good to be humble.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well that's yeah, and I saw some of the um <clears throat> some of the designs that you've done like on your website and stuff and they're really intricate and mm-hmm. um very neat. Um so how did you get from paper cutting to design work? Um, cause, uh you've done a lot of stuff that has translated your paperwork into whether, like you said, tableware or different things. How did that all kind of come about?
0: So one year I did the Anacortes Arts Festival. And I... And okay, I'm going to say right now, I don't believe in coincidence. Mm-hmm. So I, quote, happened to be next to a rubber stamp shop. Mm-hmm. And shortly before that, several people had asked me, like, do you have rubber stamps of your image? Because it would be a great rubber stamp. And I didn't and I had no idea how you'd do that mm-hmm. and so the people from the rubber stamp place came out and said would you like to use our restroom or come in and get a drink or whatever and I walked in and they came out and said hey would you be interested in doing some rubber stamps because this is our like test market they were a manufacturer okay. and they were my first client and it was really fun to work with them
1: nice mm-hmm. nice and how did that kind of evolve into getting into tableware and, and other houseware <laughs> stuff
0: um there was a very large retailer i won't say who but um when i set up for a an art show in on rodeo drive my business cards went missing and i thought what on <laughs> earth have i done with my business cards they were like a fold over card so i had an image on the front and then My contact information was printed inside. Okay. Someone had stolen the whole box of my business cards, (laughs) a thousand business cards, and sold them as framed art to a major retailer. What? And, um, yeah, it's crazy, but that's what happened. (laughs) And I didn't know it until I saw it in their catalog, and I saw my business cards in their catalog and thought, what on earth? Anyway, wow. I reached out to their legal department, and it turned out that that was what had happened. Wow. Yeah, so then that put me in touch with their design department, <laughs> and um, and pretty soon I was designing wall art, <laughs> wall decor. Yeah, isn't that funny? Wow, that's
1: yeah. crazy.
0: so yeah. I think everything does happen for a reason and mm-hmm. God just blessed me by having my art stolen. It yeah. was wonderful. Yeah.
1: You're like not the way I expected that to happen but
0: No, but I see that God had his hand on me in yeah. that way and and it it was it turned out really wonderful for me. Yeah. Not not in the way I would have expected, right. but it was
1: That's great. Very cool. So, um, uh, and then w- how large, so, uh, you just mentioned that you had done some wall art and stuff like that. How large of pieces have you done or what's kind of your typical size range?
0: The garden art that I'm doing now mm-hmm. that will be out in January
1: Yeah.
0: by an absolutely wonderful company. And, um, those pieces, some of the art that I did for them started out at, I think, four feet by seven and a half feet.
1: Wow. Okay. And the
0: pieces that they'll be doing are 24 by 72. So they're two feet wide and six feet tall. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. And did, yeah. are those like blown up versions of something smaller you've done? You've actually... No.
0: Those are life-size life, life size wow. reproductions. Yeah.
1: Okay. Very cool. And yeah. then what about like your wall art that you typically bring in and stuff?
0: Um. Actually, like uh-huh. I've just, I haven't done anything like selling my originals Okay. for years. I've just worked with manufacturers. Yeah. So I scan my work at really high resolution and it might turn into a curtain and it might turn into a mug and mm-hmm. it might turn into a piece of fabric. So the same image. Could be reproduced at different sizes, okay, and in all different ways. It might be in repeat, like fabric. That's yeah, you know, like let's say seventy-two wide, and it might be a half-drop pattern in a fabric. So it's reproduced at all different sizes, okay, and in all different proportions. But uh, this is kind of the first time I've done anything like I used to do back in the day, yeah. because I haven't had time. But with the (laughs) pandemic times and supply chain interruptions and that kind of thing, it changed up my my whole work life Mm -hmm. um, in a wonderful way to just, like my husband said, just buy back your own time a little bit. Yeah. You know, so I've kind of slowed down and it's been great because then I can do what I feel like doing, not what I need, quote, need to do. Yeah. You know, there's sometimes you get a little bit tired of doing. Well, for example, maybe you might have to do 24 snowman mm-hmm. in all different vertical and horizontal <laughs> and all different themes. Right. And you get a little bit um, tired of doing like the joke in the license, in the art licensing business is how many ways can you do a snowman you yeah. know it's <laughs> like you get you can get to where it's a little bit it, nice to take a break and do whatever you feel like yeah yeah so that's been really fun for me yeah so you'll see some things that appeared on product but then you'll see other things that are just like oh i felt like doing that that day yeah my neighborhood kids were having a party or Something like that.
1: Yeah. It's good. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, so on your website, you had mentioned uh, that you've sold m- like multiple uh, uh, Amazon Kindle covers, like with your designs on it. Has that been in partnership with Amazon or with another manufacturer that sold those?
0: So that was really interesting. So I have a friend who lives and runs a school in an area of the world that's really. Um, where women don't have the same rights that they do here. And mm-hmm. she runs a school for women. And she and I have been saying like, oh, I'd really like something that could give a micro business to some of those women. Yeah. And so I was really seeking something that would really bring in a lot of money that I way beyond my ordinary income. Yeah. And um, I had this idea that people who travel would, would be reading on their devices. Um, so that you don't have to bring a bunch of books with you. That was my idea. And I thought, Oh, I love calligraphy. I'm going to do calligraphy of the cities of the world. So I did. And it was really cool because it sold four and a half million units on one SKU, which is unheard wow. of. And my nephew called me and goes, Auntie, like oh I, he's a he's a Marine and he called me and said, um, Auntie, I bought this cover for my device, and I didn't realize that was you. And so <laughs> he opened it up and he saw my name. Yeah. Um and his grandmother, who's in her nineties, she Bought the same thing, <laughs> and so I realized like it was universal. Yeah. And when I got my royalty check, it was amounts that I wondered if they'd shifted the digits
1: a little bit. Did they messed something up.
0: <laughs> and it was so great because that was able to provide micro business for, as you might be interested, coffee and tea shops in that area of the yeah. world, and for. Um, women who bought goats so they could have a cheese making business. Yeah. yeah. So that was something that benefited in a way that isn't that fun yeah. when you can see that God had his hand on your
1: work yeah.
0: in a way that you never would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, In,
1: in a way that I think, um, you know, there's plenty in the Bible of, of kind of God multiplying things for his glory and for his, So his work can be done in different areas. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's like something not simple, but like the fisher, you know, and stuff like that, where it's something where they're like, it's not working. And then they're like, God just takes it and runs with it.
0: I had a really good time making it. It was really great for the people that bought that. And if any of your listeners have a cover for their device that has calligraphy of the cities of the world they might have contributed to somebody having a better life
1: very cool yeah that's awesome um so um uh so can you walk us through what's what how would you describe like your creative process then i know we've talked about like you you don't really do the drawing and stuff but i guess how do you think about when you're starting a new project
0: Yeah, I've thought about it. And I don't know. There are times when I just literally wake up in the night with a picture in my mind. And then I get really nervous because I think, oh dear, if I go back to sleep, will I remember this in the morning? So I actually have a Pad of paper and a pencil under my pillow every night. <laughs> and I don't turn on the light or anything, but I like can usually just draw it blind enough that I can remember in the morning. Okay. Sometimes I literally dream it up. Um, other times I just am looking at something. Or I remember a few years back sitting in the Sistine Chapel for hours just looking up and Noticing the way the robes flowed on people. And so sometimes things like that will be inspiring. Sometimes it's just seeing somebody on the ferry with their hair blowing or noticing the way the birds are flying. I noticed on the way here today that our snow geese are back. Yeah. And they were flying in a cloud. Mm -hmm. I really thought on my way home I'm going to have to stop and just Sit there and watch it a little while. Yeah. I really think that if everybody trained their mind and their eyes
1: mm-hmm. and
0: slowed down enough to just be a m- little bit more observant, yeah, I think that we would have a lot more ideas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we live in a world for sure that... Uh, rather, we live in a country that just is always like pedal to the metal like go as fast as you can get as much done as you can you know increase productivity be more efficient all these different things and sometimes take that human element out of it of the we live on this place we live in this earth um, and just stopping like just stopping and that's one thing i think if you had to pick positives from the pandemic i think it's something that the whole world had to stop and look and say okay What's really important to me? What is really going on?
0: Yeah, I think that there's also, though, two different ways or multiple different ways of stopping, too. Because mm-hmm. if we aren't observant and really open, we can just go around in a pout, too. <laughs> you know? Like I'm sorry, but we can be, like, have a tantrum because we aren't doing what we planned on or Mm -hmm. something. It just feels like it's so important to be, um, to observe and maybe not have to be good at everything. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a deep dive in calligraphy this year and I've been taking some lessons from really great calligraphers and patterned after I fell in love with Roman lettering in Rome, in the Colosseum, if you, like, Notice the lettering in the Colosseum, and just like all over the area that the Romans used to inhabit, yeah. Um, that lettering is fascinating, and it happens to look like what you think of as printing, mm-hmm. but actually, it's so hard to do properly. Okay. And I've been concentrating on on lettering this year, and just really um, immersing myself in letters and words, mm-hmm. and there's, there's like a special beauty in that too. Yeah. But you have to really observe it.
1: Yeah.
0: We have to be really conscious
1: mm-hmm.
0: and aware. And I think that's something, it's just that awareness. Yeah. We don't really look at what and see what we're looking at.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, I yeah. guess maybe that's something I'm so passionate about. It's just like really being open and observing. Yeah. It's so rewarding. Yeah. And I hope everybody will maybe take a little time post-pandemic to, right. to keep looking yeah. deeply,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to look deeply. And maybe not to have to be good at everything, but to be willing to pick up a pencil and a piece of paper and just draw what you see. Yeah. It's, it's, it increases your appreciation. Yeah. If you draw something in however way you draw it, and it doesn't have to be perfect or even decent, but just the act of looking at something, being grateful for it and drawing it mm-hmm. is is makes you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you just don't be self-critical. Yeah. I mean, so many people will be like, I can't even draw a stick figure. Well, that wasn't the point. It was just like to enjoy a minute of I don't know. I went to a friend's goat farm years back and spent a couple of mornings just drawing the feet of her goats. She was like, what are you going to do with that? And it was like, I'm just seeing it. Yeah. Appreciating it. Training my eye and my hand to work together. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. So, um, all right. And then, uh, tell us a little bit about the art that you're going to be bringing to the show in November then.
0: Oh, I'm kind of really excited about it. Okay. Because um, a while back, a friend was cleaning out her barn, Mm -hmm. and the farmhouse near the barn, when they had updated their windows, they got rid of some of their frames, their old window frames from an old, old Skagit Valley farm. Okay. So two of those I have art in um, that will be here.
1: Very cool.
0: Yeah, really special, right? Yeah. An old farmhouse window with art in it. And then um, I'm kind of minimalist in my style, so Mm -hmm. I have just um, simply, very simply framed calligraphy, watercolor, and cut paper. And it's refreshing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's very different.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing the pieces that you bring in.
0: Kind of simple but not simple. Yeah. It's fun to think about the juxtaposition of simple and not simple, of mm-hmm. black and white, of bright color and no color. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the, uh, especially now when you look at, like modern homes and like uh, like simplicity or things like that, like that has been a um, a trending thing in like houses and stuff like that. And you realize how much, um how much work and everything goes into making things feel or appear or look simple?
0: Um, yeah. In when I was working um in France a couple years ago, I was captivated by the waiters mm-hmm. and their posture. And yeah. they a lot of them seemed very elegant. A lot of them seemed arrogant. <laughs> um How do you like communicate that in body language? Because I couldn't speak French, right? But I got the feeling and trying to communicate that very simply in a piece of cut paper was good fun. (laughs) And it was the the angle of the hand with the tray on it or the angle of the head tossed back. Um, Yeah. So it's fun with cut paper because you, the cut paper takes away and makes it so simple and clean mm-hmm. but on the other hand it can be really detailed yeah so that's fun. I, I think the flowers and the botanicals are refreshing and and clean too mm-hmm. and simple in their own way without sophistication in yep. some sense just natural. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's the another trend is the natural. Yeah. As opposed to the synthetic. Yeah. Even in the design world, I think illustrator used to be a bigger part of like digital art used to be the thing. And now manufacturers are largely looking for things that were hand done Yeah. to give the effect of irregularity, Yeah. which is more restful to your eye mm-hmm. and seems softer in yep. some way than something that's um, overly perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking to um, uh, another artist, actually our featured artist of the month for October, um, Elizabeth. um, But we were talking about that as well. That just more, um, you know. I think we did go go through a time where um, I don't know. Like I felt like when I was growing up in the '90s and stuff like that, that you saw in a lot more households, like just big prints of these. I don't know, just random like pictures or things, but they were just like perfect, and they were mass produced, and they were, but they filled the wall, and they kind of did their job. Um whereas I feel like we've now come back around to people want that homemade feel or uh personalized um art and, and not so much like just the big pieces that are filling something but like there there's a lot more to them, more depth to them than just
0: Yeah, her maps are gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're very cool. I like them.
0: Very cool. Nice. But- I think the color trends now are more natural as well. Mm-hmm. So like part of what you're talking about, I think, was things that were overly hyper-saturated. Yes. And yeah. um, very bold. Where now I think it's more restful.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid-fire questions. So the first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you endured the most in the last three months?
0: I bought a ridiculously expensive watercolor brush handmade from France with goose quill ferrule and um, Russian blue squirrel hairs on it (laughs) that I'm in love with.
1: Very cool. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah.
1: All right. Pretend you have a friend coming from out of town. What would the first day look like?
0: Most of my friends who come in from out of town are other artists. Okay. Generally we would end up having a long chat over coffee and then going back to the studio and making art
1: nice yeah cool um who is an interesting or fascinating person uh that i should interview next
0: i bet nobody's ever told you this you should turn the tables and have somebody interview you <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I've, I've done it um i've done it a couple times now like i did it really early on and then actually lydia um who runs the loft upstairs mm-hmm. um her and emily my assistant um, did an interview with me and that one was i think earlier this year um, nice so yeah no it's it's fun to do um and and it's nice because as we get new listeners and stuff like that for them to kind of have yeah. a refresher there so nice all right and finally what piece of advice would you give your 20 year old self
0: i was quiet and gentle in a loud and extremely busy world Mm -hmm. i probably would look back at myself and say it's okay to just be yourself yeah because in the end that's what i did came around to not trying to be anything i wasn't
1: yeah very cool yeah all right well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today thank you it's a
0: joy to be with you
1: (laughs) all right and islanders i will talk to you on the next one well a big thank you to sharon soul for joining me on the podcast today and thank you for listening If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to CaminoCommons.com slash podcast. That's CaminoCommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.